You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Hey guys, Chris here. Here's a shout out to all our subscribers. You're what keeps oneofus.net up and running. And we've got so much coming for you, including more video versions of the reviews and shows, commentaries, and, because it seems like a lot of you may not always check the front page, contests all the time for subscribers to win big prizes. Like right now, we've got the complete Twilight Zone on Blu-ray, up to win for one lucky Time Lord or above subscriber. And I'm doing this, I'm extending the contest date till the second week, week of February. More time to enter, more time to win, and new contests will be going live next week. Keep your eye on the front page of oneofus.net for regular new chances for us to say thank you to the subscribers. Keep us running. This is uh, Somebody Likes It. You can listen to us on Stitcher.com, iTunes, oneofus.net, or send us an email and let us know about a record you want us to cover at somebody at gmail.com. Was that good? So on the way over here, I heard a song on the radio Prior to recording the show, I would have immediately changed the channel. But now I turned it up and just remember the pain and consternation it caused the two of you whenever I picked Bon Jovi's uh, and that was Wanted Dead or Alive on Slippery. The only thing that makes me feel better about you saying that is that you had to listen to it. Oh, no, 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 no. See, but but here's the deal. It it was horrible. I think if you remember, one of you guys I, I texted the next morning, I'm all hungover. Get in the car, turn on the car, and that's playing on the radio. Wanted dead or alive? That day. you deserved that. No, I know, I know. But but, but and the now, answer is dead. Wanted but, dead. But, but uh, yes. Oh, but, but now, uh, wow, like just now when I heard it on the radio, like I I turned it up and just and just smiled to myself. You think when John Bon Jovi dies, there's going to be like a giant outpouring of grief? No. Like, okay. Yeah, they'll just be. No. Be, a lot. I mean, among New Jersey, maybe. A lot of people Maybe. like bon, John Bon Jovi. He sold a lot of records. Think, some people think he's a, and then he had a little, little acting career. He was like a rival. I haven't, you know, he was in an episode of Thirty Rock. He was pretty good in that. Like, yeah, I vaguely I, remember I, that. I, I haven't minded him as an actor. Uh, I mind him a lot as a musician. Wanted, hey man, you know what? He's seen a million people. And by the way, when he sang that, he'd seen a million people and he'd rocked them all. That was fuck like twenty. 30 years? That was like 30 years ago. Is that an actual lyric? It's a lot of rock. Yes, I've seen a million. That's in Wanted Dead or Alive. He says, I've seen a million people and I've rocked them all. Well, good on him. Because he's a cowboy. That was 30 years ago. So you've got to think like, let's just say like he's sold many more records since then. I mean, like, I mean, at least 10 million. I'm willing to bet that John Bon Jovi has never spent a day on the Ponderosa. He's not a cowboy. Well, he rides a steel horse, Kevin. Oh, okay, a steel horse. Yeah, yeah. and he, by the way, he, he walks. He doesn't have a six shooter. He's got a loaded six string on his back. So oh. it's a different kind of cowboy. Oh, uh, see, it's a modern did, day cowboy. It's a metaphor. He he hey, fooled that, me. That just reminds me. There was a there was a kind of a Bon Jovi knockoff band not too long after that called Tesla, and they had like some song about like modern, they did that modern uh, day cowboy. Didn't they do that uh, uh, cover of? Signs, signs. They did. Signs everywhere. Signs. That's that's yeah. that's exactly Stick, what signature to the man because he had long hair. Yeah. They did. They did that song. He, he pulled his hair yeah. down out from under his cap. And he's like, I would never like, work for you, man. Huh? Yeah. You're the man. They also did that song. Uh, I am also a cowboy. Yeah, it was something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. There, yeah. The, and then there was that song. I want to be. A, I mean, there was a. There, the that's cowboy right. was having like a moment in the in the mid to late eighties there for a while. You would think that a band called Tesla would do like electronic based music. But yeah, no. I mean, or discover really something. It would make yeah. sense, right? Talent, discover talent. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Like, uh, we never knew we could play these instruments. Yeah. All right. On that note, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it. So, so here's something. Um, Paul McCartney has managed to find his way to a courtroom. I know. I know. It's it's very surprising. Well, a person of that stature has probably been in many courtrooms. Well, you would think. But perhaps that's true. Um, in this case, he is suing Sony over the Beatles music. Please do tell. I haven't heard yeah, this. So is this like the Michael Jackson Which, share? Yeah, the Michael Jackson. So apparently what happened was... When Michael Jackson outbid him for the rights to the Beatles music, 
he which was a total dick move. It by was the way. kind of a total dick move. Uh, he apparently split the split the proceeds with Sony Music during his lifetime, and we and then he died, of course, as we all know. And uh, and I guess at some point recently, his estate decided to sell his half of those rights to Sony, which consolidated them in order to pay off some debt. Now, um, that's not necessarily the interesting part. The interesting part to me was apparently there is a there's a copyright law. That says that, like, basically, like fifty six years after the fact, uh, you're you can buy your music back. Like, essentially, I did, I did not know that. Which, which, uh, which the number hits with regard to that music in twenty eighteen. So basically, so fifty six years is, after it was published. Yeah, not, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, um, my guess is like after the creation of the Beatles as a published entity or whatever. So yeah, copyright law is fucking confusing. Oh yeah, and you know clearly I'm a lawyer, but uh, but anyway, like the gist of it is in 2018, he is he's suing Sony now to make sure that he gets he gets half of it at least. In uh, well, I hope he does. But do you guys know the backstory of how Michael Jackson ended up with the Beatles? Yeah, Didn't he, crazy. Didn't it was it was on the the set of the uh, Say 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 video. They're chatting and. Paul McCartney's just, you know, being a chum and is like, hey, you know, a good way to make some extra money is through publishing. And Michael Jackson's like, hey, that's a good idea. And then he went and bought the Beatles. <laughs> Paul McCartney's <laughs> publishing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Beatles publishing. And that, you know, I, I know that McCartney was kicking himself after that. I'm kicking a few things, I'm sure. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a pretty. Uh, you, hey, speaking of Paul McCartney in the courtroom, I was thinking about this when you said that. So you know his his second wife um, Heather Mills. Heather Mills. Yes. Yeah. So they weren't married very long. Um, uh, she turned out to be very a not well. very nice person. Yes. Very few times in my life would I have said that used this pejorative gold digger ever, but that's that would seem to be pretty the case. much that seems to be what that was. But she in in her filing, like in the like in her reasons for filing for divorce, she said he was an alcoholic and that. He, he, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he's he's he smoked too much weed. Really, like that's like, that's, like that was a, like you a, didn't know you're that getting, was shocking. You're that, getting uh, into Paul McCartney a, you're smoked weed. Fucking Paul McCartney, like and he smoked what? You're shocked. He smokes marijuana. Yeah, he's not very and shy. He's left-handed. Oh, oh well, that's that's grounds cigarette? for divorce yeah. right there. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Obama was left-handed. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, yeah. So. So stay tuned to see how the rest of that little saga turns out. But Paul McCartney and Sony going head to head, presumably just, next year. Maybe he can just play the bass in the courtroom, and the jury will be swayed. I don't know where I'm going with that. What that yeah, sounds? Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the end of like some awesome '80s movie. Like yeah, somehow the, there's like little kids involved in like a skate center that they're going to tear down, and McCartney and comes in, comes in, plays bass, and there's a slow clap involved. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody should have done that movie if it's not done already. I hope there's a slow clap. Anyhow, what are we talking about tonight, fellas? Yeah, so uh, so the item in hand. So tonight we're going to be covering um, a record that came out in 2016. We teased it last week or moments ago, if you just listened to the last podcast. Uh, and it's an album by a band called Pine Grove, uh, and, and the name of the record is Cardinal. It's their first full-length LP. came out in 2016, and... Um, and I came into uh, came into contact with it semi recently, and in an effort to kind of would have had to have been yeah. Well, I mean, not like it, clearly not before it came out, but um, but anyway, yet yeah, not not uh, not in the first part of last year. It came out like February or so of of twenty sixteen, so it'd been out for a while. But it mm. popped up on a few like kind of end of the year best of list and I heard, anecdotally heard some things that I thought were kind but of interesting. Before we so get into the, the meat of the music, can I just say that Pine Grove sounds like either an apartment complex or like a cul-de-sac <laughs> in a, in a su- suburb somewhere? It does. It totally does. It's like Pine Grove Lane. Yeah. I was kind of thinking of it as like a, a little uh, little eatery, like a pie shop or something, but yeah. That could work too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. I guess all that of would those be things, Grove. all of those things yes. can be true. Now, Shane, you look like you're chomping at the bit. And when I mentioned this, w- that this was the record we were going to cover last week, oh, I already you, know you, a little you, bit of his feelings on it. Okay. 
Well, I will say this. I had listened to it before, um, and upon repeated listenings, I liked it slightly more than I did the first time I listened to it. This album was all over the fuck of everybody's year end. In fact, all throughout this year, I've been hearing about this album, about this amazing record, all this year, and I've never listened to it. I forgot, and then, like, you know, the year end, like, best albums of the year, and, you know, people just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And it kept getting described as a country album, which I don't understand. I didn't buy that either. Like, well, I do think it has twangy elements, but, it, like... No, it has so twangy elements. To me, it's like if uh, Built to Spill decided to, like, shift gears in mid-career and... And not and, write and as like, good a songs as and they go, used to. And go, like, Americana, like, and, but they're still Built to Spill. Yeah, um, but the, uh, but it's a little more emo than that. Like I kind of felt it was like if if the Decemberists decided they wanted to stop singing sea shanty songs. There's oh, a little bit of that. There's a little December. A little bit of Ben Gibbard, but not in as there. An, and I don't and I don't like the Decemberists particularly. But I mean, wildly more imaginative than this band. They, they've got a couple songs that I they think have are a, amazing. They have, the, the song the, the the song that starts this record out is so fucking good, and I'm like, oh yeah. God damn, I can't wait to hear the rest of this record, and then it just immediately devolves. I mean, there's and it, and it kind of redeems itself at a few other points. The thing that's the most frustrating about this record, um, well, number one for me personally, I just don't like that 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 unaffected emo style s- singing voice that he has. It just I just don't like it. But um, there are a lot of these songs that have great parts. And then the song just as a whole doesn't add up. So there'll be like a really cool verse, and then there's like, and it goes back to the verse, and it's really cool. There's just it's so, it's such a frustrating listen on on, on that. Level I I, for me. I think the songs are better than your. I mean, to me, um, better better than what well, you're describing. It's a solid B. It's a it B was, minus. It's C, well, right. Well, you okay? So like uh, when Kevin brought it up last week, I was like, well, I, I'm going to go ahead and start listening to this now because I tend to forget when it's a band I've never heard of. I tend to forget, and I have to like. You know, t- text you guys like, what are we listening to this week? And anyway, I just started listening to it, and so you poked your head in my car, and you're like, I hate this fucking record. I can't wait to talk about it. And so I was expecting it to just blow. And uh, no, no I, it doesn't. I, I mean, only, it doesn't I, suck. I only, I actually only said that because I thought it would be funny, like just to say it to you. I didn't, I didn't want to fucking. Well, no, I went in, I went into it like expecting <laughs> it to like be a lot worse than it was. No, and, no, and no. it's not unflawed. I, I I don't I don't it hate it. It does record. sound a little bit to me like I just wouldn't listen to it. A little under recorded, like they like somebody like either has a really good Tascam four track recorder and like can do the like the the music parts pretty well, but the vocals sound like scratch vocals a lot. And it, in a lot but of it, it, maybe it's because it's part of that. Not, that's his style. It's that's his style, style. And, in, and in a lot of it, they're not double tracked. And I think I'm just conditioned to expect that. Um, and it, and it it is here and there, but. You know, it seems a little underwhelming production-wise. I think it's just underwhelming in general, personally. I don't know, Kevin. What do you think? Well, I liked it more than you. Uh, <laughs> I think there's some I great think... songs on it. The first song, uh, I think it's "Our Friends." That song is a fucking home run. Yeah. Dude. So I mean, so the, here's what's kind of interesting. So, and I got the I I knew that you were going to tee off on it from the three words that you said last last week. Like I had no illusions over the fact that you were going to like this record. So it's like I'm not that surprised, but. Um, but I mean, being as transparent as possible, like I, generally speaking, am probably a little bit more prone to like bands that fall in this bucket than than you are, like the, like, em- like the emo stuff. Or? Not necessarily just the emo stuff. Well, and that's it's that's actually another thing that I. Like, that's, that's, well, and that's I think that's a fair criticism because there's certainly some of it that I think. Comes they off hate a being more. called emo. By the way, I, I read an interview. Well, in general, like you should who, have a which, different even, kind of which, singing voice. Which which emo bands? Or, the, or bands that get get put in that uh, that bin, like which one of them, which ones really embrace, embrace the emo the, thing? The like no, yeah. like yeah. it's, it's kind of it's derivative, yeah. or derogatory. But I think like it, somebody would go like, I'm a hipster, right? Sure, yeah, good point. I, I think when I say emo, what I what I mean more than anything else is is it sort of it's it definitely that the, those influences sinked into their heads from when they were you know kids. I mean, it was it, it well you know whether or not w- you when think were they kids like like five years ago or something like these guys are pretty they're, young yeah right? they're pretty young right but, but i'm saying like you know like in the aughts you know when they're in high school and stuff like that stuff you're around that shit and that shit was really big at that time one one thing that i thought was of particular interest about this album is that in describing it and i read a few things and we'll share some of those a little down down the road as we as we talk about it more but one thing i thought was particularly interesting was that i, I wasn't seeing the same comparisons like usually there is a 
you kind of get the impression that maybe either some of these reviewers are reading each other or um, that there is a predominant, like, kind of end result that everybody ends up at. And, like, whereas there were some some familiar platitudes from um, or criticisms from, from review to review, some Built to Spill got called out. A.M. Era, Wilco got called out. Um, I didn't hear Mark the – I didn't hear the Decemberist, but, like – but – for that, but I, I can see how you would get there, and for that reason, like that was the one thing that, like, kind of as I thought about it between last week when we mentioned it at the end of the show and this week, that I actually thought Shane might find a little something to grab onto is because lyrically, I think they do some things that are kind of intriguing. Yeah, lyrically it's cool. then, but then the, it's it's sort of like the Ben Gibbard thing, like where he'll have like an well, that was, that was the other one that I heard a little bit. But I'm well, uh, I'm just saying like Ben Gibbard will do this thing where that's also very frustrating. Well, he'll, he'll have an amazing line, and then two lines later, you'll have like what this that's so forced and roll your eyes. Like this guy kind of does that a little bit too, but. He's probably a little bit better than there. Why don't we listen to one of these? Songs? Yeah, so why don't we why don't we start with the first track, uh, which is titled "Old Friends." Walking outside, labyrinthian over cracks along under the trees. I know this town grounded in a compass, cardinal landing in the dogwood. I keep going over it, over and over. My steps iterate my shame. How come every outcome such Lately afternoon with the shades drawn down Kept saying I just wanted to see it Saying what's wrong with that Needle shaking outlines in a compass Every outcome such a come down I knew it when I saw it interview of this record says and I think this is a really fascinating observation said the mid 2000s Pine Grove's open hearted indie rock could have been huge over the course of the Montclair New Jersey Quintet's five years of existence frontman Evan Stevens Hall's developed a great many qualities that would have endeared him to the alt minded fans of a different era so anyway string of EPs and one offs compiled and everything uh, uh, an EP they put out last year called the appropriately titled everything so far um demonstrated the songwriter's tremendous breadth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So without diving any deeper into that, I do think it's interesting that that they're saying that like this is kind of and this is something I read a couple of times, like that this is a record that doesn't it doesn't sound I mean it's it is a little nostalgic and it intentionally doesn't sound like it comes out today. Yeah, I think that's that's kinda of, they're kinda of confirming what we were saying. I haven't actually read any reviews of it, uh, but yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, you know, I'm wondering if, if this is one thing that. Um, well, if you go to their Wikipedia page, I, I agree with what you're saying, Kevin. I also think that, I mean, credit where credits do. I think part of the, they just sound like you know the sum of their parts. They they really it's kind of a different. That's why people are having a hard time categorizing it, and so that, I think that's to their credit. Like I I do think that what you said about the about the opening track being the real grabber, like it's here, great. Like it's a it's a great track. It's like, a really great song. But also that song has you can't really hear it because it's pushed back in the mix. But there's banjo on it. Somebody's plunking through a banjo, and maybe that's why people said because if you go on their Wikipedia page, uh, it's it says the genres. Um, Indie rock, alternative country, emo. That's yeah. on their that's on their w- official Wikipedia page. Yeah, so, I'm I mean, sure like that. Just I'm sure on some level. I love it how you say crazy. official Wikipedia page. Well, because like, you can you can you can, <laughs> you can have like somebody could have set up you know some sort of like. Well, yeah, like band, you know, like well, they have probably have an official band website, uh, but I don't I don't know if you could affix the term. Official to anybody's Wikipedia. Band. All right. Yeah. Well, to 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 Shane's point, like with regard to the to the banjo, like on that track, like it really, for the most part, just it just you'd never even know that it was there, except for the fact that it just kind of intentionally fills in the cracks and bleeds over a little bit in quieter moments of that song. And that song is, I don't know if I wouldn't, I would necessarily call it anthemic, but it's it's a bigger like. 
You know, it, see, it's I feel a like bit, I feel it, like that song is like three quarters of the way done. Like it's a good mm. song. So weird. That's the, that's one of the ones I really feel like it's. I, done. I like it, but like you said, it's it's almost like it's scratch vocals and it's it's kind of sloppy. Yeah, it's um, it, yeah. He's, he's not trying to really <laughs> sing on beat. He doesn't care if they necessarily land. And they, they're not scratch lyrics, but it just sounds like it wasn't the final take. But that's probably the way they wanted to do it. And I watched this uh, the Tiny Desk uh, performance that they did for for Bob Boylan. And it was so much better than the sound that I got out of this album. Like they're tighter live. They're, I think that they're. I think that they're probably really good live. I think that. Well, they probably I feel been like, playing no, I feel a like lot that too. They're, they're genesis of really good songs here, and I also think that this band's. I don't think they're there yet. Like I, I think we're watching like a baby band grow up, and. Like, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Well, I mean, I think you're definitely right about that, and I think. That's partially why it's so frustrating to to see like how high they got on people's lists, like end of the year list. Like this was the number four best record on the AV Club. There's a hundred records out. Dude, last to year me, that were... this would be a good record to have on while you're having like a dinner party and everybody's talking. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but here's what I'm minutes. saying. It's a little frustrating to see like if this band gets a, be- a way better. That would be like uh, there wasn't anything where I was like, "Oh man, I got to turn this shit up." No, that's what I'm saying. There were so many like like this got an eight out of ten in Pitchfork. Like it was the fourth best album of the year in uh, in AV Club. Like a bunch of. Well, I, I mean, think that Pitchfork thing was due to Russian hacking. I'm not. I don't have that on great authority, but I think it, yeah, that's probably or any authority. <laughs> like, we don't need things on authority. Port, port anymore, authority, right? actually, it was a, it was a bridge and tunnel thing. That, <laughs> yes, port authority. <laughs> well, I do think that, that like in, like that first song in particular does something. And I'll, this is a weird deal, but it made me think about <laughs> it. It made me think about. <laughs> A Tim Conway movie? Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, Dwarf on Golf? <laughs> Let me see if I can figure this out. Dwarf on Golf. Dwarf. Was it the here. Apple Dumpling Game? It wasn't the Apple Dumpling Game. I'm pretty game. sure it was the Apple maybe Dumpling was, Game. Was he in Clue? I don't think, maybe I don't it think he clue. was in Clue. No, but, but there you, was. There, I know you what you were exactly talking, about. talking about. It was like Private Detective or something. And No, it was like a murder mystery movie where it had all those, like, like uh, clues into which you're supposed to be able to like solve a thing, but the murderer kept leaving like rhymes that were supposed to end a certain way, and then they'd go. They would skew. always end somewhere different, and like, and like Mark, you need to figure yeah. that out because I I need to watch that movie yeah, again because no, it's, it's amazing. Never, Tim, wait, Tim Conway's in this movie. It was like well, a Tim sure. Conway Don Knotts thing, but like, but the yeah, Apple Dumpling Game. But yeah, so like, yeah, so there My were eyes. yes. Anyway, that movie itself is terrible, but the but the those the, re- little, the recurring gags yeah. of like the last line of the murder notes never rhyming. Like I wrote the, poetry the, to, I, to my first high school girlfriend in that style, and it slayed every time. Yeah. <laughs> I would love, I would love to read that. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, but the, but the point being is that is that that song, old friends does that a couple of times where it leads you to a place where you think you know what the next line is going to be. it's going to resolve. And then it just, and then it just, just, just drops it. And, yeah. it. and like, it's a, like, it's a, it's a convention that he uses to like kind of keep you in it. I feel like, but mm-hmm. also um, just not something that you see very often. So or hear very often. This struck me funny. So I, I think the one I can remember Shane was like Cynthia, oh, Cynthia. So young and so fair, how I love to see your uh, face and your, Head, <laughs> the the one that the one that I so remember romantic was, yeah yeah, yeah. no it was, it was like um you know now it was something along this is not it like but it was something along the lines of like now one of the dead guys he was like now he is gone and and so he is dead um I like killing people it's a lot of kicks it's, it's a lot of kicks <laughs> yeah. I do remember that like, anyway. It's, the setup was wrong, but like the point being is like it was not supposed to take you there. Um, so, so hey, everybody that's listening deal. to this podcast, you're getting reviews of two. You're getting a film review and a, a film well, review. We, we of are a on movie. a mostly uh, film review website, so uh, there's that. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, so so you're welcome, everyone. But yeah, that was that was the first track off of uh, off of Cardinal, and it does like it kind of gets you into a place where. Um, you know, I like, thought like it was Shane a good song, and then sure. the next, and then the next song. Wait, oh, that, uh, Mark's pointing out there's a quote from the movie. 
I said I, when I died that I'd come back. If you believe in ghosts, you're on the right track. I'm out of the grave and roaming the moors. If you want to be safe, you better lock all the windows and screens. <laughs> so dumb. Like it's I can just see you guys dumb. like being like oh, dude, eight I, or nine years old and like. Laughing. I was. Kevin was like probably eleven or twelve. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, it was great fun in the Newsom household. Yeah, it's the the bar for that comedy is not set very high. But anyway, it just struck me as a funny deal. Um, getting back to the to the uh, to the record at hand. I frankly didn't think that cadmium is one of the stronger. Uh, I didn't think yeah, that's the rocky stuff. Like, I mean, it's like that's where they sound like they're they picked up the shit from New Jersey or whatever. Like, just another one of those New Jersey bands I don't like. Um, but I mean, it, it's an up and down record. There's good stuff and there's bad stuff. The next two songs are real. I liked cadmium, but uh, I, I I liked. Aphasia. I thought you might because you're a little more into like the just a bar band type of rock and roll. It sounds like bar band rock and roll to me. I kind of got a kick out of the fact that like aphasia sounded like it was like upon first listen sounds like it's a it's kind of a lament to a to a girl. But what it really is, is him singing about a like essentially like a condition where somebody has brain damage. Like that's exactly. Yeah. So the album art is cool. I keep wanting to say that. Not <laughs> Shane, Shane scraping well, for something. No, nice. He just he just put it. Mark just put it on. I'm looking at it right now, and I I did I did want to say that the album art is is cool. Yeah, it's, it's a minimalist. It's still cool. Doesn't have to what you want it like to look like somebody like when there's like everybody knew the kid in high school that drew like pictures of dragons with large breasted women with all kinds of details and stuff in there. Like you the meatloaf art applied to sure, everything. Exactly. Like yes. they would have it yeah. painted. You want? <laughs> yeah. Would you rather it look like that? Well, yeah. You think I, if I, it, if yeah, it had meatloaf art on it, they'd call it like a heavy metal. Like they did that record. You remember that when we did the meatloaf record? Yeah. And like it landed on a bunch of like best heavy metal. Oh, records. right. That's right. Yeah. We're like, no, 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 not very heavy metal. <laughs> if right. I'm remembered for nothing else in this podcast than meatloaf, it'll be. The, uh, that's, a, that's enough the for me. Immortal yeah. meatloaf episode. Yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, listen. Um, let's do. Uh, Kevin just got like a dad real quick. He's like, "All right, listen. <laughs> hey, kids, listen. <laughs> Settle down. We're gonna don't make me pull this podcast over. Um, let's do like because I do think it's like it's another like shift, um, and you guys will probably have strong opinions about it one way or the other. Let's let's listen to a little bit of a fashion. So complicated. I can't wait to get explained you're listening to stand it out since i've been crying so long aphasia and the ways it kept me hidden so long the silent nerves and Shane said something about the, the the first cut we listened to and the banjo and how if you really listen carefully in the background you can hear this banjo. It's way down in the mix, but it's in this one you've got guitar. you've got steel the steel guitar, guitar going and you can't you can't really hear it. No, but and you bring up three eleven or whatever. Well, that's the but thing I about mean, that song for me. Like it, it like it's so. God it didn't damn. sound reggae to me, like when they, the, what the, the, the way that the bass was playing off. It was four on the floor drums, but the ba- the way it sounded is like that two, two kind of two four reggae thing. I like, just yeah. think it's an underproduced record, and like I normally am fine with something being a little more, you know. Kind I, but I think we're coming break. at it from two different ways. I mean, you think it's an underproduced record? I could give a shit about the production of the record. I just think that some of the songs are undercooked a little bit. Yeah, I, I, and I think if 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 yeah, they had mixed that differently, so... if they had brought that steel guitar up, you would have gotten a lot more of that. That I, I just it's just frustrating. Country it's... Americana kind of right. Well, um, brought to... some... 
Sorry, Shane. You... Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying like that. It's so beautiful, the beginning of the first minute and a half of that song, and then all of a sudden it just becomes a rock song I think, for a I think the songs could be there. It just sounds really undisciplined. So so this is a, this is a little snippet from the Pitchfork review, but I think it's kind of int- like seems apropo- like an apropos time to mention it. I'll just read you guys a couple of sentences here. He says, Altogether, you might call it an alt-country, although it's more in the spirit of Saddle Creek, uh, Circa, The Execution of All Things, Album of the Year, and Lifted. There's banjo and twang and formalist structure, but unlike the traditional leaning no depression style, this music sounds like it was made by young people, artists who created a dialogue with their fans by speaking to their specific concerns in an effusive, colorful language that mirrored their own. So I do think that, like there's some kernels of truth in that. It does sound to no, me, it, it does sound like it comes from young guys. I, I actually like, agree with pretty much every word that that person said, which is which is interesting. But it was like eight out of ten. I think yeah, I yeah. think it's eight out of ten. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taking one paragraph out of. Context, yeah, I was gonna say that's before we get into the, you know, there's either it's either dire apocalyptic or hosannas from the highest mountain in the land of pitchfork. I, you rarely hear something right in the middle that's really. Oh, it's appeal, pretty good, like that. Yeah. Well, that, no, that was just that was really plain spoken and well written, and the, you know, the, the thing that I did read in a couple of different places, and I could see how folks would arrive at this conclusion. Is that because the record is not long, like, you know, it's 30 minutes, 30 yeah, minutes. On yeah, the dot, it know. is. It's like eight know, songs, I think. Dolly-esque in its length. No, uh, no. I don't think anything's ever going to, unless we record it, unless we do an EP, we're not going to beat 24 minutes for a full length album. <laughs> don't challenge me, man. Right, exactly. Ryan's, Ryan's going to bring I'm in like, a record Burr? that's like one word. The, the, the point that was made in a couple of different places is that, is that this record is, is easier to digest. Like it's, it's, um, you know, the fact that he like pushes his voice in a in a place where it intentionally cracks. Like the guys, like I, I do appreciate like, the crack that he has in there, yeah. and, I, and I don't. And that's it came out wrong. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate his crack. <laughs> no, but, but we are like seven year olds today. Yeah. By the way, I guess uh, we've all got our inner like seventh grader. Uh, but it's tonight on, but get no, off his my voice lawn. breaks in like this really kind of endearing way, and I, I do appreciate when that happens. Uh, and I don't think that's something you can like learn. No, I, it's it, it's that's a nice little thing, but it can't make up for half baked songs at the end of the day. Like I mean, well, to 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 the point of the the half baked songs, two of the tracks on this record. And that's a that's a, that's a harder. I uh, not to interrupt. I'm sorry. To oh interrupt sure, you. That's, three quarter that, that's, that's a little hard. Three, yeah, it's a little harsher than I meant it to sound. Um, there's a lot of goodness to be found. There's just some stuff that just. It just sound. I just I get frustrated with the like the part that is really good, and then there's a part that's just not as good as it the one before it. I just felt like they needed a taskmaster. Uh, I know, of a but producer. Okay, like, why do you keep ta- like yeah? What that's going to make them go back and write better songs? Probably so, but I don't well, think you really get okay, that. Okay, I don't have as much of an issue with the songwriting as with the execution. Right, and that's that's where I land. Sure. Last thing before because we're kind of coming up against the break, but um, you know. I guess with regard to length, like, you know, I, I, I do think it's possible, like, and a lot of records do this, really overstay their welcome. But where this where this record in particular, I think, is, like, to, to the point of what Shane was saying about some of these songs not feeling fully formed, like, two of the tracks on this record come from their EP that they put out in 2015 that they just moved over to this one. And so, essentially, like, it's an LP, but it's, like, kind of barely an LP, like, there are, it's like an EP plus a couple. Yeah, so so I do think that you know this is a young band that's trying to stretch themselves and and get to a good place. And in some in some instances, I feel like they they kind of do that for me, and in, in others less so. I so. think I think they are a good band, and this just popped in my head, and I'm pretty sure that this has a lot to do with. There's a lot of groupthink with within within music journalists. I know this. I've seen it when it comes to bands that are hot. Like at festivals. well, and they do read each other for sure. No, but I'm saying like if some somebody like like say for example if they were like going to be really if they were like a really really band to watch at South by Southwest that in no small part if the ha- album's halfway decent goes into those reviewers' heads when it's time to write their Courtney thing. Barnett like yeah like everybody got on the Courtney Barnett yeah. bandwagon yeah. and she was great she's great and she is great but but, yeah. but I mean it, that's sort of why like you you see that a lot and well, sometimes it doesn't pan out. Churches was the same way I mean like there like, and this is all you comes mean, from Chiverches <laughs> you see that happen a lot where there's a group think when the, when the when the band is supposed to be hot at festivals or or like South by Southwest and it's ilk 
um, you'll see people. No, there is like a viral quality to like, yeah. like music journalists, and and plus they're being, I'm sure, being pushed by PR people. And I mean, they're they're a good band. It's just it it again, not to overstate this. The last time I'll say it, it just to be on so many year in top ten lists with a decent album, but it's not. You didn't think they earned it. No, no. I mean, maybe top fifty of the year or something, but not like in yeah, the top ten. Like, like something to be proud of. Yeah, but it's, it's a, not a bad record, like, but hey, it's not a, an amazing. Like, record. Hey guys, we're getting there. Yeah. All right, let's go into a break. So for middle of this week, uh, I came up with a, a song I, I just absolutely love, but I also could find really confusing. Uh, it's by a band called Electric Six, and the song is called Gay Bar. Thank you for thank you. Uh, this is a soundtrack of a t- of a tour of mine, which we will discuss later. Excellent. I have, I have not listened to this song in twelve years. I just I adore the song, and I have no idea like what they're talking about. I mean, I know what a gay bar is, but anyway. Uh, let's get into it, and the video is highly entertaining. Normally, Shane picks these types, but uh, we'll get into it on the other side. So what was it about? Dude, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, it is impossible to overstate how much you are missing out if you have missing never out seen is maybe not even the right phrase, but how much you're not getting the complete experience of that song without seeing the whatever is going on in that video. Well, I, I, I love the song and independent of today. Like I had never seen the video and I've listened to that song probably a hundred times in yeah, my life. Like I said, that that album was a soundtrack um, for just me and Derek touring on the West Coast, like 2003. That song and Danger High Voltage. And the whole record, really, but those are the two songs that were so much, so important. Oh, I hadn't thought of that song in so many years. And oh, it's a, it's a, But I had never seen that. It's a fantastic song. I thought song. I had seen the video, but I had never seen I it. I think you would remember. No, yeah. How many, um, how many Abe Lincolns are in that video? A lot. And so uh, like, I also want to say, for those of you who have... Small children, if you want to teach them history, oh. show, show them oh, this boy. video. I don't know. Like, maybe not. I've got to be the voice of reason here. Please do not. <laughs> As someone like, who actually has small children. Yeah. What was it? What was it, Mark, that your, that your bride posted to Facebook? Um, <laughs> Sasha's Party is not a kid's movie. Indeed. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> like... <laughs> Anyway, then she well, went on to explain that your oldest came into the room and said, uh, that is not appropriate. <laughs> so I already didn't know what the song was about because, like, you know, it doesn't – it's – it doesn't really – it's – I want to take you to a gay bar and yada, yada. Like, there's not really a ton going on lyrically other than I want to take you to a gay bar and I got something to put in you. But the video is, like, Abe Lincoln at the White House um, – in salacious poses, uh, wearing and like hot weights. pants. Well, he, he's sure he, he's lifting the White weights. House gym. Yeah, yeah White in House the White gym. House gym, and, and they all seem to be like the same dude. I think um, so. Video manipulation, and whatnot. But man, that's some highly entertaining shit. Can Can I read you um, their list of past members? Go for it. Okay, member. Uh, <laughs> Waiting wait for somebody to catch you're, up on you're that. All five. Uh, 
So, uh, okay, the current members are Dick Valentine, De- Dave, Johnny National, Tate Nucleus, with a question mark, Rob Lower, and Two-Handed Bob. <laughs> okay, the list of past members are Joe House, Gary Cook, Rock and Roll Indian, Serge Jobot, Murdoch Ramon, Disco, M, period, Frank Lloyd Bonaventure, Dr. Black Lips Hoffman, Mojo Rosado, Jeff Simmons, Macro Duplicado, Dr. <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew, John R. DeQuindra, Brian Blastois, The Colonel, Smorgasbord, and Percussion World. <laughs> it's just like the nightmare would be like at a party with those guys with like somebody like your friend's party and they know everybody but you don't know anybody and then you have to try to remember all those names and the only one you can remember is Jeff Simmons. <laughs> and it just sounded to me like the, the cast of like a du- <laughs> Jeff Simmons. Like the, the cast of a Dada themed gay porn movie. Like I, I like I mean it's one hundred percent absurd. The song is fucking great. No, the song's like, great. A uh, little bit of the uh, um, whatever kind of spirit oh, yeah. in that song. Some, yeah, uh, you know what? It's funny. I I got turned on to both those songs in the same year. So for me, like they're like inextricably inter- linked. Yeah, they're intertwined. Yeah, Some Liam Common Lynch DNA of sorts. Yeah. I'm going to be fucking singing that all night long now. Yeah. I got something poor to put in you. Thanks, Ryan. You're just, yeah. uh, just every time, it's uncanny the way that you can duplicate people. Channel. Channel. People really. singing voices. Yeah. I just, uh, ugh, it gets me chills. I'm here to help. Okay, good. All right. Should we go back in? Let's go, go back in. in. Imagine being at a house party in which half the guests are apparitions from your past floating through your periphery just long enough to register their presence before disappearing into the next room. This is sort of what it's like to listen to Cardinal, an album that keeps one foot in the past but occasionally looks forward toward the future with loud guitars, uplifting choruses, and a prevailing sense that life is best listened to with the volume turned all the way up. So that's a, that's a snippet from the Consequence of Sound take on uh, Pine Grove's record Cardinal. I don't know. What do you think? I thought you were uh, just, you didn't realize that the mic was back on and you were just reading us the synopsis of your new novel. I was just pontificating. You were just letting us know like, hey, this, hey guys, this is the, like, this is the novel. No, that sounds fairly apt. Uh, It did remind me that I I did a little bit of light research on this, like, uh, tonight before I came over here. And like the, the one article I could find out, I wasn't like looking for reviews, but the one article I found on it turns out was written by like the a University of Michigan student for the student paper, and it was mostly about, like, uh, how the rest of the writing staff, like, wasn't really getting this album and how it's so awesome. And, and like, it was pretty well written, but it was, like, a really – it was, like, an editorial, really. And That sounds like a college paper. It absolutely was a college newspaper article. And God love them. Like, you know, like, I was that age once. And there's – this is an exact you know, connective thread here, but – but one thing that's speaking of like college age stuff, like I did find myself thinking a little bit about the Julian Baker record that we covered several months ago. Oh, that was like, a good one. I need to go yeah. back and listen. It was Sprained Angle. Yeah. But I, I, no, I really liked that I record. I loved yeah. that album. But but just thinking about like being that age and artists of that age and like sort of the, you know, there's a lot of like, um, for lack of a better term, like a, a lot of talk about like how how hard life is or how you know things are so tragic and then you know you kind of get a few miles on you down the road and you're like hey, cheer up kids <laughs> well yeah but at that time like you got to think about it like you know you're not necessarily you know if you come from a you know a, a background uh, you know, as such as we have not that we were like wealthy or anything but we were what well taken care of but you have to, middle class kids what you know like what kind of like a you're leaving the nest and you have to kind of figure out things for yourself and everything seems like a really big deal at that time. And some of the, the music that you get into at that time, like, you know, you latch on to and you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I thought you were at a stopping point. Uh, my bad. Even before then, even when you, I mean, int- emotions are really intense at that point in time in your life. It's Everything's probably, very intense. I'm saying before, yeah. even when you're like just in high school or junior high and stuff like that, it's very, very intense. It's probably one of the reasons why we get so, uh, like 
things make such a big impression on us at that age. But Mark also pointed out something that I didn't recognize about this band or didn't know about this band before we sat down tonight. Um, the lead singer and the drummer uh, have known each other since they were seven and I guess have been so, some somehow intertwined in music since since young age. But their fathers both... Uh, play in a band together as well yeah and my point in in throwing that to you and then just leaving it there was that uh was that that like you know your seven-year-olds are pretty impressionable so it's like you think about all the things that you're soaking up while your sponge of a brain is is like like these guys literally came up on music together uh and so so it's like Col colt mccoy and jordan shipley I mean, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> nobody it's outside exactly of Boston is going to get that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> gonna get that reference. But two University of Texas football players from like eight years ago. But, but then yeah. they're there. Then, then their brother. Then there was Case McCoy and the other ship. That's that right. That, that is true. Yeah, I'm going to fall asleep. But the, but the point. Yeah. But I'm just here to entertain. The, yeah. The, the point. The point is is that is that like yeah. If you if you come up on that stuff like uh, like stands to reason that that you. Like you lock arms with with your best pal at seven, and then you guys start to put a record out. Like it might not be perfect, but it's certainly, like it's certainly emotive. Well, there's a lineage there, like and a, I mean, it's kind of clear that that the the um, the sons are doing a little bit better than the fathers. I mean, so well, Julie's like party is the, is the fathers. Uh, Julie's party is the fathers, and I mean, it's a bunch of middle aged folks. They're a local band. They're I think that they they probably have a, a fairly good uh, good following. But you I mean, probably have a fun time. If they're playing at the South, South Orange, Orange Elks, Elks Lodge. Lodge so. you, I mean, you probably would come I'm, join I'm Julie's kidding. party at the South Orange Elks Lodge, and there's not a damn thing wrong with that. No, it sounds. Reasonably placed, but they're probably not being reviewed by Pitchfork. And and I haven't listened to any of this music, but it's a it's it's a fair bet that there is some influence from from this lineage to what we're hearing today. Well, and uh, you know what we've talked about a lot of artists that these guys seem to channel a little bit as they're trying to get there. One that I've thought about that um, that I didn't mention. You know, and it's not it's there's not a direct sort of one to one correlation, but I can hear it in some of the looseness of the of the way that the songs are executed is pavement like or specifically Stephen Malcolmus, like just the yeah, just the inexactitude of the, the way the, the, the kind of like I don't care if I'm on the beat or not. Uh, and I don't necessarily care if I'm exactly uh, on pitch, you know, like. It's not, yeah, it's not a one-to-one -one exact kind of thing, but there's there's some legacy there. Well, um, so Shane, we've talked a lot about the tracks that you didn't really connect with. We've talked about the fact that you thought "Old Friends" was the best song on the the record. What's your what's your take on the rest of it? Or, or you know, let's talk about well, some of the ones I mean, we haven't covered. We listen to aphasia. I mean, that's a pretty decent song. It's a little bit frustrating, but the other song that really killed me on this one that I liked very, very much was Waveform. Um, and, the, and the next song, Size of the Moon, was, was decent, too. Size of the Moon and New Friends are the ones that came off the EP. Um, Waveform, I th like, Waveform, Waveform is, killed, is, is I the one that I thought feels like it has a little death cab in it. Yeah. Like, I thought it was uh, awesome. Like, nicely. Would you guys like to listen to some Waveform? They're cool. They're cool. Hey, you know why I'm doing that? Because your brother brought that up. And, yeah. a, and when in, in that the is a and long time all. listeners, that's that's Rudy Alanese. Yeah. Alanese, if you please. Hey, Steve, hey, drink goes. some beers, man. There it goes. All right, hey, all right, good God. enough of that. But, all right, wait for Through 
There's that 90s alt country. Well, it's 90s alt country as executed by a pavement. Like, I totally see that now oh, that yeah. you brought it well, up. I mean, well, but yeah. if you listen to that last pavement record, um, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of little alt country things in there. It's not as funny as really, pavement. I don't really see the pavement. Comparison. Okay, okay. What it was, and I'm sure we brought this up when we covered pavement. What our friend Steve back in the day used to say that uh, pavement played like it sounded like their picks were too heavy. And I mean, it, okay, and it was like I a understand chore that, to like play the next chord. That song gives me that impression. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a a, a, a lazy, sleepy. Like I, I get that. Like I understand that. It just doesn't sound anything like pavement to me personally. They're just not in any hurry to get there, and. Like I think it's a good song. I don't think that I like chorus it kills though, man. Like that co- that chorus is super solid. The consequences sound review says the intro to waveform sounds like it was recorded on a bedroom four track, and there's a real intimacy conjured between the speaker and the person that he's addressing. But then the song unexpectedly blows up outward in the uh, outward, becoming more of a ballad that's meant to be shouted between a large group of sweaty friends. So yeah, that chorus gets massive. I think it's. I think that's what really like does it for me. Like, and then to go back, it goes up and down. And but again, like for you, you could take it differently than than me. But it's it's just I I, I just understand. I like a real good, well written song to me is seamless. And to me, like this whole record, I was just aware of the parts of the songs, even the ones that I think are good. Like I was like, well, and to me, it came down to the production because, like I said, like bedroom thing and apparently like somebody told me yeah, this once and tell it like correct me if i'm wrong and somebody in this room knows if this is true or not uh sergeant pepper was recorded on a four track it I was mean, granted like two inch tape i'm sure and george martin and all that but um this sounds like it was recorded on a goddamn task cam that somebody who was pretty good at like a, a bedroom task cam but like you know sergeant pepper wasn't recorded in ringo's bedroom this sounded like it <laughs> might have been you know, there's some people that like that aesthetic, though. But let me I, – I, before we go on, I want to say – I want to point this out. So last week it was too clean and too produced for you, and this week it's not pro- – like, where is the sweet spot for you? Uh, Surfer Rosa. Okay. That's right in the middle. Because <laughs> because you talk about this all the time. Like, it just seems like that's your na- number one thing that, like, it, you, it's not – it's either too underproduced I, no, I or love, too I love, I love that record, Jolene, and I, I'll take too produced over – Underproduced any day. Okay, because I'm just I was just curious because you two. But if you want if you now. want the sweet spot between the two, it's Surfer Rosa by the Pixies. Let me just say that if you're gonna record something in Ringo's bedroom, I bet at this point his bedroom is awesome. Like that guy's That's got true. all the money. It's he probably needs. massive. Like it's yeah, you, great. You, he probably yeah. has a badass studio like just off the in side his bedroom thing. Bigger his bedroom. than Gabe Lincoln's to. White House. Gabe Lincoln. Gabe Gabe Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So that was Pine Grove, you guys. Thanks for. Uh, Thanks for lending an ear. It was it a pleasant surprise. I, I, you, you said at the top of the show that repeated listenings. Yeah, it, it, it improved, paid off. And I, I agree. Again, it's growing on the, it. The songs that I liked, the songs that I liked the first time I listened to it, are the ones I listened to it three times getting ready for this. I listened to it before and then two times in between. And the ones that I liked before, it reinforced that I really liked them. And the ones that I didn't like, it reinforced that I didn't like them. But overall, I would say that. I like. I ended up liking the record more than I did the fir- you know the first time I was to it. So yeah, repeated listenings. And I am kind of curious to see them live if they ever come through town, which hopefully they will, and we'll see if it maybe see we'll, if it's different. Maybe we'll take a field trip. Yeah, there you we'll go. See Pine Grove. We're just going to stand in the corner and feel like we're eighty years old. I mean, like feel all you want, buddy. Uh, what's next? All right, so we're going to listen to Wycliffe's Jean by Young Thug. So we'll be right back with it. Hello, everyone. I'm Ari Povich, and welcome to this special edition of A Current Affair. Okay, my money way longer than a NASCAR race. I told her keep going on the gas for the brakes. Only here for one night. Let me put it on your face. Let a nigga nut. Only way I go to slay.
damn shame. I thought there was no way anybody could one-up me on the video content tonight, and you went and did it. Told you I had a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I kind of wish that's what every video was like. Just like snarky commentary. In well, the middle of the it song. would get rote after a while, but damn, it's not right now. Yeah. There's a lot of different things about it. Like the fact of the matter is, is that after he didn't show. So let's say. For, let's Why don't tell, you, can we set the scene for everybody? Yeah, we'll set the scene team. for everybody. So so the I can't remember. His name is Brian, I think. Um, he works for yeah. a, they're a production company out of Brooklyn. And they do videos and publicity and all this stuff, and he they were hired to go out and direct this video for Young Thug. The song is pretty decent. And Young Thug doesn't show up, so they shoot the video anyway, and then kind of make the video about how he didn't show up, well, and then it, but they just also, make it snarky. With a lot of interstitial cards, but they also have like a... They also have what his original idea for the video is. And, and it, like actual audio records. Actual audio of that. And like, like he, he's like, and I want to, he wants like little bitty kid cars, but he's like, but I want a cop car, but I want little kids as the cops. And one of his friends goes, I get it, juxtaposition. Which juxtaposition <laughs> I'll make sure is to, done in like that, that like crazy uh, rap uh, font. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like, make sure to, I'll make sure to include the, the video in this week's uh, synopsis. Yeah, it's, so it's, that uh, you have easy access to it. It's amazing. You have to it, watch the video. It's, yeah. it's really, both videos from this sh- this week's show you have to watch. It's like, re- both of them are great. That's, that's I not, think you won though. I, I I don't know, not by much. Like with I think one I second left on the clock. That, so there's a lot about that. It, it would actually be you guys should should read a little bit about the the story behind him actually not throw or throwing up showing up, and uh, how the guy was when he was making the director when he was making the video. He knew what he was going to do, and he was trying to straddle the line between being completely angry but just dial it back just a little bit so the label would accept it. And the label, to their credit, like they got it immediately. And well, they're probably getting a lot more publicity out of it this way than they would have in the traditional thing yeah, that they, totally. they, they well, had dialed up. Mark pointed it out right now. If you go, if you, if you, if you, if you Google Young Thug, White Club Sean – the first three things that come up are stories about the making of the video, and then the video comes after that. Oh, and by the way, I barely listened to the song. The song is is all right. It was fine. It's, it, was, it's it was a rap great. song. Yeah, it's yeah. a decent rap song. It's not great, but the video is great. Yeah, I kind of want to see all of the all of the corresponding videos about the making of that video because that's that's great. And then you know, it's also like a little bit of a w- insight into the window of like. You know the head cases that some that some artists are like. I never even heard of Young Thug, and apparently yeah, he's I have. Like, I, I have. I've had the, these odd people like that you would never even know listen to hip hop in any way. Like, just really think the guy is great. So I've heard of him, but I had never listened to him before, and it's decent. I still haven't. Like that video was so distracting that I just barely paid attention to the music. The at video all. was very distracting. Well, very pr- well put together. It's a great video. Yeah, and the production was pretty terrific, right? Thanks for that, Kev. Sure. Oh, on the song, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, at one point they're talking about how there was a there was a vice behind the scenes crew filming the video. I really wonder if that's a, any of that stuff's ever going to come out because that would be highly entertaining to watch too. I don't know. It just sounds like that's how scar tissue gets formed, but like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, fine choice, Shane. Holy God, that that uh, that video was a riot. Go All watch right, the kids. video. Who's got next week? I do. I'm up between two in my mind right now. Um, you got to pick one. Well, you don't have to pick it right now if you don't want to. But no. Um, pick we'll, it. we'll edit them in. So say one, and then give a pause. Yeah, say it one way, and then pause, and then say it another way. Yeah. No, I think I'm just going to go for broke because there is a – yeah, you know what? I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm just going to think about this, and I'll let you guys know within the next couple of days so I know everybody's going to be on pins and needles and stuff. But uh, I'm just deciding if I want to do this to you or not. It's not – but not in a torture way. Oh, you're going to do another one of those – No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. I promise you. Promise you, promise you, promise you. I'm not – I'm not doing like a bad – you're going to think it is, but I don't think it is. It's just there are a couple of underrepresented genres – on the show, and there are a couple of ideas that I have to at least represent those genres. That's it. All right. Okay. So, anyway, good show. I guess I enjoyed it. Sure. I mean, it I was had fun. fun. Yeah. I mean, that's all that matters, really, guys. Yeah. At sure. the end of the day, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we got to get out of here. Until next week, I'm Kevin. 
I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. And I'm Mark. This is Somebody Likes It.